So my name's Ants, for those who are visiting, and um, one of the leaders in the congregation and the Josh Jen story. We've got about 47, 48 congregations around the Western Cape, and um, they're more or less this size, and some of the bigger ones got to about 300, 350 uh, adults, and then about 100 kids. So we've got some congregations which are quite big, but we believe in keeping, when I say keeping it small and intimate, that doesn't mean we want to stay there, because we believe in church planting, and we believe in going, which is the word that was brought. Um, and we are a church that we want to be equipped, which has come out here this morning. We receive, but we receive so that we can give. And you can't give what you haven't received. <laughs> so uh, it's important that we uh, see these moments as important, um, our getting together like this, as we did last night, are coming together in our com group meetings and that. And so, um, in fact, this morning, I actually should sit down because these guys have actually preached my sermon. <laughs> it's been quite amazing. So well done to you guys. Um, but this morning, I, I want to, I, I felt before we run ahead of ourselves, um, I'm, I'm reminded of the fact that even as Andrew spoke yesterday, I was blown away. By, by what he had shared, because as a leadership team, we were there, obviously the elders were there last weekend, and we got a little bit of drip feeding of what was Andrew on Andrew's heart, and so, so with that, before I share around that, I first want to say to the guys, to Rudy, and to Jacques, and to the team that stayed behind, that carried on with our meeting last week, well done to you guys. The feedback was phenomenal. And I love it when I hear visitors who visit the church and say they're actually quite blown away by the fact that the church continues while the leadership are away playing. Oops. <laughs> Once the cat's away, the mice will play. But the church continues. And what that means is, you know, the Bible says we entrust to reliable men. And that's why it was so easy to be able to say, Jacques, Rudy, I need you guys to take care of this side of things for us while we are away. And they're in good hands. And it's just beautiful to get the feedback that we did last week after what was experienced in our meeting. And so the kingdom of God doesn't revolve around one man. Felt the Lord this morning say to me as, we, as I was worshiping and just praying, I felt the Lord said, no man will take my glory. Psalm 19, uh, 71 verse 19 Part of the verse says, who, O oh God, is like you? And I want to encourage us as a people that our coming together, it's about him. The overflows, you and I will get to enjoy each other. So the title of my talk this morning is Going Back to Basics. Before we run ahead, I want to remind us this morning, 24 years ago, as Andre mentioned, Josh Jen was birthed, and the heart of it came from a flow of a love for Jesus. And out of that flow of a love for Jesus, people got together in people's homes. And I want to say the rest is history. And you're going to see why I'm getting back to basics. Because the problem is, what happens is people come in at different stages of the journey. We've got visitors here as well today. And that's always great when we get visitors. And we love it. Because these are moments that maybe you will be hearing God's voice saying, I need you to get rooted in here. And some of you who have been visiting for a period of time are also needing to say, you can count me in. But you need to understand a little bit of the story, and so we can all catch up and do this thing together. You'll see why a little bit later on. 
And so we, we don't want to run ahead because we just want to do church. We want to run together. And we want to finish together. Because it's much easier to finish in a group than run on your own. All right. So God's wanting to do something here this morning. So I'm, I'm not, I've, I've given certain scriptures. I will guide Elmo at the back there. But I'm coming back to basics. I want to remind us as a church that one of the things that we are wanting to do, we have vision and values. The vision essentially is we are wanting to build healthy, authentic church. Okay? And, um, and, and our heart is to, to be a church that is healthy. We can chase the numbers, but you can be very unhealthy. And you'll see why now. We want to build healthy. That means each and every single one of us sitting here needs to be equipped. And we need to be filled with, with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God. And we need to be transformed more and more into the likeness of Jesus. The second thing is we have values. And I'm going to touch on those values again this morning. And some of you are going to say, oh, but I already know that. I want to say to some of you, you know that, but what have you done with it? It's a dangerous thing when people say, oh, I already know that. But the problem is we haven't done anything with that. And maybe the heart of God is to reinforce these truths. And as has been said here this morning, we actually need to step in. I want to honor you publicly. I sat there, my heart bursting last night to say, man, I know him. <laughs> that young man, Ozzy, what a privilege that a normal saint gets up there to speak to Two and a half thousand people last night, and you had involvement in that. What an inheritance, Hugo. What an inheritance. And all the other people that were involved in that story. It's just amazing. I used to oversee the comm group that Ozzy was involved in. I oversaw it. I never had the kind of involvement that you had with him. Now that is what we should be doing. Imagine if each one of us took responsibility in helping each other and those that are not here this morning. There might be valid reasons. But church, we can't play church in this day and age. Satan is trying to destroy the work of God. We need to take this thing seriously. And so what an awesome privilege. What a rich reward for you, Hichu, in heaven one day. That was beautiful last night. I was blown away. So, we're going to look at our values as well. So, as we started this year, and as I was away, and I'm going to touch on a few things, and I'm going to get into some of the meat, is one of the things I felt the Lord say to me, as we go in, and Andrew's reinforcing it, I felt the Lord say, we need to be a resolute people. And I know you've heard this for the last two weeks, and I'm reinforcing it again. Luke 9.51, it says, Jesus resolutely set out to Jerusalem. He was, he was at the age of 33. He was on his way to being crucified. Why? Because he knew the call of God on his life. And so he set out to fulfill the plans and purposes of God for his life. It was going to cost him everything so that you and I could live. And the word resolute speaks of being determined, purposeful, and unwavering. I want to ask you as a congregation, we want to be a people that will be determined purposeful and unwavering in our love for Jesus, in our love for the church, and to see the kingdom of God advance. This is important. You know, when I look at sport, I love sport, and I think of the stormers, 
those of you who are Stormer supporters, Lord bless you guys. Um, I just wanted to, uh, when I see these guys, when they run out on the field, they play for each other. They play for their coach. They're playing for the town and whatever else. But in the greater scheme of things, it has no eternal value. It's entertainment for us. What we do has eternal perspective and value. And we need to run out for the king. We need to run out for one another. And we need to serve the purposes of God flat out. When you finish playing, you must be clear, empty of yourself because of what you're doing for the kingdom of God. And it changes the way that we run. So as a people, be determined to serve the purposes of Jesus in your marriages, in your parenting, in your work life, in the things that you give yourself to. Be a people that are resolute, that Jesus would captivate you, grip your heart, and he would flow in you and through you wherever you go. Secondly, that we would be a people who would seek and push into Jesus. Two weeks ago, you remember, I preached out of Psalm 18 and 2 Samuel 22. Those of you making notes, go back there. God wants you and I as a people to be a people that will run to Jesus, not to man, not to systems, not to structures, but to Jesus for all that you need. If you need more power, if you need something spiritually, you're needing a job, you're needing finances, you're needing healing, whatever those things might be, would you push into Jesus? You remember my picture last week or two weeks ago, soldier on his knees, humbly before the king, Lord, I need your help, I need your strength. You and I, saints, need to find our strength and our hope in Jesus. And I want to encourage you as a disciple, your job is to point other people to Jesus, not to man. There's no man of the hour here. There's no glory person here. There's Jesus. It's about him. And this is the heart of God coming back to the basics. Jesus, you are my springboard into everything that I need to do for your purposes going forward. Thirdly, we need to be a people who are rooted in Jesus. Psalm 1 verses 3. Alma, if you could please put that up for me, and then the picture will come after that. Psalm 1 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. If you can stick that picture up, that would be great. Now, what you can see here is, is a picture of trees that are right next to a river. The other side, you can see an empty riverbank and look at the condition of those trees. You know, we can keep that up there. This is important for us. What this means for us as Christ followers, if we are plugged into Jesus, we will start to reflect Jesus. We will reflect aspects of his character, his nature. And by the way, as Andrew said last night, he will also expose your frailties and your weaknesses. And we must stop being embarrassed to share about where we're at and the stuff that's happening in our lives. How can we support you and encourage you and pray with you and pray for you if we don't know? The problem is with many of us on a Sunday and on a Wednesday night, we've got a Christian face. And we need to get rid of that. We need to be real, authentic, and be a people 
that understand their weaknesses and their frailties. I actually don't understand my weaknesses and frailties. I don't even know why God chose me for this moment. But he did. And I just want to be faithful. I want to run well. And we want to serve his purposes. But we've got to be real with ourselves. But in your brokenness, if you're rooted in Jesus, there will come life. There will come hope. There will come strength. If you're going to be like a pot plant, I'll be here one Sunday, and I'll be here three weeks from now. I'll go to one com group, and I'll see you in a month's time. If you're going to live like that, hear me, church, you will end up like that. A pot plant that is constantly moved around, that doesn't get its roots in, will die. And that's what happens is we get alienated and we start to struggle in our journey with God. And so the heart of God is that we get rooted into Jesus, his son, who is our source, who is the life flow of everything that we do, because in him we live and move and have our being. Can you see where this is going? Church, this is a call to get back ultimately to the one who died for you on the cross. I didn't die for you. I can't rescue you, but Jesus can. So with that, I said it all starts with Jesus. And that's where the health and the life, co- uh, life flow comes from, from being rooted in him. And um, one of the things this morning, I felt like the Lord say, you need to fall in love with Jesus. Now I'll give you my illustration. And I'm going to share a little bit of my bedroom stuff with you. Don't worry, it won't be unkind. But this morning, I woke up. What was the first thing I said to you? You're beautiful. And some mornings, what do I say to you? <laughs> Let me help you. Lord, help her mind. I love you. <laughs> Chuck me under the bus like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I do? I always, when I wake up, and Lee will tell you, she, she's got a nice hairdo this morning, but she's got this funky hairstyle in the morning. <laughs> it really is quite hectic. <laughs> now I'm chucking you under the bus. I'm sorry, babes. You know, the first thing I do, I just say to her, I love you. You're beautiful. And then it's time to say, Ants, check my hair. You're beautiful. If I die one day, I want my wife, if she ever had to stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to miss hearing I'm beautiful and I love you. I want to ask the question, when last did you say to Jesus, I love you and you're beautiful. I love you. You're amazing. I love you. You are awesome. I love you. You are awe-inspiring. When I, when I see a sunset or a sunrise, God, you are amazing. You see, the challenge is for many of us, we battle to tell those closest to us that we love them can't do it here, you won't do it there. And some of us are like, oh, that's a little bit weird. 
Get over yourselves. He's worthy. He's worthy to be loved. He's worthy to be exalted. He is amazing. He's awe-inspiring. He is magnificent. Is he? Is he? Then tell him. Right now, where you are, let's take a moment. I, I, I don't want us to be quiet here. Where you are, just start to speak out. Lord, I love you. Just start to express it. Just, just you know, English, Afrikaans, just speak. Thank you, Lord. And I know for some of you this morning, as you're speaking that out, you're like, maybe run out of words. But let this be something that you practice regularly. When you wake up in the morning, husbands, wives, look at each other and tell each other, you love me. I love you. And tell your wives, tell your husband, you're beautiful. You think you're weird. <laughs> Rather than handsome. <laughs> Let's be expressive. All right, so as we, as we do these things, as we are rooted in Jesus, we will be fruitful. And you know what, church? I can go around this room and I can show you couples that are a lot more deeper, intimately involved with, the, with each other. I'm not talking sexual now. Don't get me wrong here, because that's the world's slant. But there's an intimacy, there's a love relationship, and you can pick up quickly in people's lives, our singles, some of our singles, you're just in love with the Lord. You're just in love with this journey. And you can see it on people's lives. You know what the most amazing thing is? Moms and dads, you will know this. Do you know that your kids will respond very quickly in a very positive way when they see there's a deep love and an intimacy amongst yourselves? Because our kids catch what they see, not necessarily what they hear. That's what people do when they walk through these doors and they see us gathering, having fun together, laughing even in these moments, having tea and coffee and biscuits, and then also catching it when we do it outside of these times because some truths are better caught than taught. So it's important that we are rooted in Jesus because other people see it and they experience it. Isn't this powerful what God's wanting to do? And we'll see the fruitfulness that will come. Also in the life of the church, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit manifesting itself, and the aspects of God's character and nature flowing in us and through us. That becomes experiential for people as they join the journey with us. Number four, we are a people who do the work of the ministry. Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 was put up earlier on says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he goes on, he says, therefore go, go, say go, and make disciples. What does that mean for us? Keep that up, please. What does that mean? Making disciples, Andrew touched on it last night. Disciple is a learner, a scholar. So that means you and I are learners and scholars. And I want to encourage you, Jesus was a learner and a scholar from a boy of 12, 13 years old. And then what he did was he modeled to the disciples later on when God called him. And he modeled something of kingdom values for the disciples until the time came where he was crucified and had to leave. And the Holy Spirit came and empowered those that had walked with him. And I want to say the rest is history. 
And that's what God wants to do with us. He said, you need to go and make disciples. You can't save anybody if you tried, but you can open the doors of opportunity for them to hear the good news of Jesus. And when people make a commitment to follow Jesus, we are called to disciple them and to help them become solid followers of Christ, teaching them about the things of God. That's why these moments are good. Our com group meetings are good. And outside of that, if we don't live this, others won't come. And testimony, again, of Ozzy last night. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. That's what God wants you and I to do, is to work with the Aussies of the world. So we are here to do a work. You are called to participate. What does that mean for us? When we have our meetings, and we're going to do worship just now, we're not going to rush our meetings here, but we're going to do worship. Your participation, if you're a person who loves Jesus, I want to say to many of us here, we need to see the prophetic starting to open itself up. We've had equipping, but it doesn't help being equipped if the saints don't actually come forth. If you see people coming to the front, they generally will bounce off myself and Andre and Gunther. And what happens is we try to weigh up, what is God saying in the meeting? And um, with that, some people's words will be released, others won't. If they're not released, don't get offended. I've actually had people leave the church because their word wasn't released. That's why I knew it probably wasn't right for the meeting. So, so we need to live in a space, participate. I sense, I feel that God is possibly saying this. Let us weigh it up. That's what the word teaches us. Um, when we're going to worship, there's the possibility of free song. Today, I've prepared the guys. We're not going to just go through our sets and say, we did a fast song, a medium song, and a slow song. No, no. No, actually, we want to get into the river. We want to get into the river. Those of you who were there last night at the gathering, there were a couple of songs that pitched up, but the rest of the songs were free songs because of an overflow of a love for Jesus. That's where we're going to go. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But you know what? We're not yet to perform. We are not yet to entertain. We're yet to worship him. We want to be equipped so that we can do the work of the ministry. Does that make sense to you guys? All right. And then with that, um, you need to apply what you are, are learning here. Point number five, we are a people who see the church as family. Can you put up Psalm 68 verses five and six, please? Is this making sense, guys? And Andrew touched on this. Psalm 68 verses five and six. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his ho holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. If you can leave that there, please. So what's important here this morning is that we need to see the church as a family. This is one of the things that becomes very helpful uh, with us. It starts, firstly, with us as the saints, as one who is surrendered to Jesus... And we become sons and daughters. And so God brings you into a bigger family. So we are part of the Josh Jen family, but we're a smaller part of that Josh Jen family, Durbanville Central. But we're part of a bigger picture. But there's a bigger picture outside of Josh Jen, which is the church universal. And we're talking churches that love the Lord. That We're talking about Bible-based churches that try to live out what we see in Scripture. And the thing is, God brings you into family, and it was touched on earlier on. When you walk through the doors, people should have a sense that we are a family. And it's amazing 
when you look at family, um, you need to know that the people that are sitting here, and I've said this before, the person on your left and right who is a Christ follower is your brother and sister. You did not get to choose them. God chose them for you. Your friends you can choose, but your brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God you can't. And the Bible also brings folk like that in you. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another. So I want to say to you, sometimes people are going to corrupt you a little bit. They're going to give you a little bit of a hard time. You know, he's going to get up his nose, and she's going to get up her nose. And, and, and you don't leave the church because that happened. Because otherwise, if you took your own family lives, your kids should have left home, or the husband or the wife should have left home, or everybody should have left. This is family. And I want to tell you, it's messy. Josh Jen, Dimble Central is not perfect. We are not perfect. We make mistakes. But if we make them, we'll own them. And we will repent of those things. We learn to walk together, to help each other, and encourage each other. No matter what your background is. You might be sitting here this morning. You could have a religious mindset, a religious background. That's not good enough to enter the kingdom of God. It's about being in a relationship with Jesus. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, acknowledging that he died for our sins, he puts you into family as a son and a daughter. And it's in family God chooses the church to advance his kingdom. Anything outside of being rooted in a local church is not what we see scripturally. And I want to encourage us to treat this family well. Look after this family. Be a son and a daughter. I love it. Afrikaans culture is very, 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 um, what's the word? It's a, it's, um, it's a very honoring culture. You know, I, I've experienced over the years, if you go into an Afrikaans household, when folk go there, and if you've got a daughter of 13 or 14 or 15, guess who serves you? The daughter of 13, 14 or 15. The young daughter has already been trained to be a good housewife into the future, to serve those that are there. Every one of us needs to participate and serve. That's why we have the comm groups doing what we do, because everybody gets an opportunity to serve and to be a part of what we are doing. And ultimately, who are we doing it for? Jesus. Does that make sense? So you're part of the family. All right. So we need to see this as important. What we want you to do is hang together. It's been touched on this morning. was touched on last night. Church, when we finished on a Sunday morning, I want to ask the question, those of you who've got homes, why don't you open your home up and ask some of our visitors that have come here for the first time or the second time or the third time, or maybe a saint here that you don't know. Hey, what are you doing? Why don't you come and have a quick cup of coffee? After the meeting, we've got one or two folk that we're going to just take for a coffee afterwards and just go and hang with them. Don't come on a Sunday and just do the thing and then go home. Ask the question, who can I reach out to? Even if you do it twice in a month. Because I know we've got family things. Young people, you can get involved as well. Some of the, some of the adults need to be invited by you. Say, listen, let me take you for a milkshake. Make them feel like a kid again. Help them laugh. Because some of them are too serious. All right. Do you get my heart here? We need to do food together. We need to hang together. Not just on a Sunday and a, and a Wednesday. All the time. And you'll see where I'm going with this. 
So this morning, in a family, we laugh together and we cry together and we eat together. This morning, I see Anita's not here, but Anita is part of our family. Last night, or yesterday morning, she had to say goodbye to her son, Johan, a young teenager. He's had to go and live with his dad in Rustenburg. I've wept this week. That lady, as a single mom, had to raise the boys to a certain point, and I believe in God it was the right thing. But this is what happens in family. You think about it. When you lose a loved one, what does it do to you? That's how we should be in the church. When we lose people that we know God has added and is rooted in you. I wept for Johan as we prayed for him on Thursday night. He's a son here. And I want us to take this family serious. And, 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 and we celebrate our victories. We laugh. We cry together. Let's root for one another. Let's help each other as a family. Be the best version of what we can be so that the kingdom of God works in us and through us. Does this make sense, church? This is what I want our visitors to know when they walk through. They're coming into a family, but you're not just here to take. You're here to give. That's what God wants from us. We learn, we receive with the purpose of giving, living with our lives free like this all the time. Jesus flowing in us and through us. So with that, point six, we are a people who embrace the family values. And I'm going to start landing this aircraft. Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. I want to just read through it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together. Say every day. That means for some of our friends who come every second or third week, we need to go back to that scripture. And you saints, will you help us to encourage the people to embrace this value and these family truths? There's a time and a place. We're not talking about where people go on holiday. I'm talking where there's regular unhelpful patterns goes on. They met together every day. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So here is a wonderful picture of what we're seeing. I want to say where there are two visions, there is division. All right? Because some folk have, well, I'm going to operate with God this way. I want to say this is how we operate. These are our family values. This is what we are giving ourselves to. And, and as was said here this morning is, are you in or are you out? I think it's more a case of posture of the heart and say, Lord, I want to run and I want to serve wholeheartedly for you. Um, we'll be a people who will respond to the call of God on our lives. When we have these big meetings like the gatherings, Guys, I don't do this because I, I'm trying to fill up the hall. I'm, I'm following what Andrew's asking of us to ask us as a congregation to give ourselves to these things. And you've got to take ownership and responsibility of your walk. You devote yourself to the things of God. And missing these moments, whether it's a Sunday or a comm group or a gathering, you do not know what God could do in your life or what can happen through your life, even like we saw yesterday. Two and a half thousand people got to hear a testimony of one of our saints 
who a few years ago reached out to that young man. It's important. Give yourself. If you are away, cool. But don't make it patterns. We want to be together. That's, we should be saying, I want to be together with God's people. We want to hang here. And so with that, often our response is a reflection of our devotion to Jesus and those he's appointed over us. It's weighty. But I believe God is wanting us to shift the way we walk this year. I said a few weeks ago, the period of infatuation from last year I think is over. There's work to be done. Andrew said it so well last night. We can be so busy playing church while people are going to hell. Think about it. Family, friends, work colleagues. Friends, if something happens to them, where will they spend eternity? And you and I must make sure we don't have blood on our hands. Our Sundays and com group meetings are important. Thank you. And uh, with that, when we come together, we want to participate regularly in the sacraments. Breaking of bread, drinking of the juice. You'll see also it says they broke bread to get together daily in their homes. That's also doing the sacraments, but it also means that they spend time having food together. And some of us need to enlarge in our friendship circles and involve more people in our homes and in our lives. And you know what? You might be sitting here saying, yeah, but... I can't provide rhino steaks and roast potatoes every Sunday. You know what? A toasted ham, cheese, and tomato, or a toast with peanut butter on it is okay. You know what? Just present what you have. And if somebody ever says, oh, you know, I'm a coffee snob. Well, I'm going to say to the coffee snobs, some people can't afford some of the hectic coffee. Will you be okay to drink tea or Rick coffee or whatever it is that might not meet your standard? Please hear my heart when I say this. I think we can become very insensitive. But, but th this is important. How do we build with one another? Okay, so it's just something that will help us going forward. I'm going to skip that because I've said that already. Point number seven, be a people who see God as ridiculously uh, the word ridiculously is, is absurd, almost unbelievable, yet it is. Seem as ridiculously merciful. Seem as ridiculously kind, generous, good, powerful, beautiful. How we as saints see God is absolutely vital. Because you know what? That will tell us. When others see us, they will say, this God that you're speaking about, we can see that you're serious about him. That you're committed to him. That you are devoted. It's very, very important. How we see God. When you meet with people, God is good. God is faithful. God is kind. God is generous. When I look at my life, He's merciful and He's patient. If I think of how I lack patience and then I think of how patient He is with me, gosh, what an awesome God we serve. That needs to ooze out of us. This is one of my favorite points here. Be a people that are expressive in praise, worship, and prayer. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, I want to use the story of little Emma. This is the most beautiful thing that happened a couple of weeks ago. So you know when we all stand up front here, and we're praising and we're worshiping God. Have you seen the little kids running around here? Have you guys seen it? Isn't it beautiful? Eh? But I love this. Little Emma. She's walking around, looking She's worshiping God, but some of us are so serious when we're worshiping God. God, you're so good. You're so merciful. 
And we worship you. I love you, Lord. But she's following us. Smile. God's happy. He's a happy footballer. He keeps kicking that ball downfield. I love it. I love it when I see the little kids up here and they're looking at the adults and they're going, and, they, and they're singing. I don't know what they're singing, but they're singing. Because the Spirit of God is at work in our children as He is in us. He's not a baby Holy Spirit. He's Holy Spirit at work in our kids. That is what is flowing in and through us. Be expressive. Enjoy God and enjoy His people. Be a people that are filled with God's Word and that are filled with His Holy Spirit. We need to spend time in the Bible. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. Lord, what are you saying? Where are we going? What, what, what is the sensing of God? God, I want to live my life that is surrendered to you. The Holy Spirit will always lead you into truth. He will never take you in a space that will contradict the Word of God and that which we see there. Never. And then lastly, we need to be a people that will keep the unity. And I'm going to finish with these three scriptures. John 17, verses 20 to 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be one in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as I have loved you. Romans 15 verses 1 to 7. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each one of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and mouth, say one heart and mouth. You may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And lastly, Acts 4.32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything that they had. The importance here is, church, that we need to be of one heart and one mind. As I've preached this morning, as we heard Andrew last week, we as a people need to grasp this story and say, God, I'm here for you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I know that you love the local church. Therefore, I love the local church, and I want to serve the purposes of the kingdom of God well here. And it's very interesting. When we ride our bicycles uh, amongst the farmlands, when the guys are busy picking grapes in the vineyards, you don't see guys working all over the place. It's like this. We start here, and together we walk. Together we walk. And you know what? There's new guys coming on board, new guys coming on board. New folk coming on board. Some of us are struggling. Ah, the rest are going to leave me behind. I need to join. I need to walk. 
I need to walk. And you know what? They walk together. That's how they clean and pick the vineyard going forward. And that's what we need to do. If we hold our line and we're walking and we'll start to pick up the stragglers and we start to pick up the, the folk that are lost and are broken and so on, and what happens is they see us singing and loving Jesus because you know what they do when they're out in the vineyards? They sing and they laugh and they talk to each other. And what happens is those that are lost and broken, they see a people that are happy in their God and they're happy together. Will you join me with that? Will you join us, Andre, Jenny, Gunther, Lee, our com group leaders? Will you join with us to take the kingdom of God further? Not because of anything that we can do, but because of him and what he's done for us. And say, Lord, it's not about my ability. It's about my availability. I want my life to count for you. Will you join me with that? I'm going to give you a moment to think about that. I want to honor you, Danica. You did a baby, not, not a baby, a kitchen tea. You see, it's a guy thing. <laughs> a kitchen, kitchen tea for Shanley yesterday. I want to honor her publicly. Originally, when she set that kitchen tea, it would have clashed with our gathering last night, which meant that some of our folk here would not have been able to come because they would have all wanted to be at that thing. With, with, with Shan Lee. We spoke to, to, to Danica, and they moved everything, did the, the, the kitchen tea, and then all the folk came last night. And I want to say to you, thank you. That's what we need to do. Prepare to shift a kitchen tea of 45 ladies. Have a wonderful time together, and then come to the gathering. Bless you. What an awesome, awesome story. I want to ask you now, Will you participate with us? Andre, Jenny, won't you please have them stand up here? Gunter, Lee, the com group leaders that are here, some of them are serving in the back. Won't you come up to the front, please? Won't you come with us on this journey? Won't you come with us and give yourself to the story that is way bigger than yourselves? Because what you're going to give yourself to has eternal value. I want to say to you, your businesses are great. I'm in business. But you know what? It's a means to earn. That's it. Whatever you're involved in is a means to earn. What we are giving ourselves to is to the kingdom of God that has eternal value and perspective. And if you say, ants, amen. I want you to stand because I'm going to pray for all of us because you're going to join us on this journey. I'm going flat out for the kingdom. I'm going flat out for the kingdom. Who's joining us? Will you pray for us? Flat out for the King. Yeah, Lord, just thank you so much, Jesus, that you put the lonely into family, God. And Father, that as we stand, we can feel that you have added us here to this family, Jesus. And Father, I just want to pray, Lord, that we will be able to go flat out for you this year, Jesus. No man left behind, God. Um, running together in sync, Lord, with one vision, Lord. So thank you, Lord, for people that you have added here, God, and that you, Father, are asking us to step out just in a greater way. So I pray, Lord, be with us, Lord, and we want to see your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. While, while we're standing, I think this is a very, very powerful moment. Yeah, thank you, Ant. Um, so if you were here last Sunday, 
I had to also step up and uh, and um, just share what what was on my heart and what happened over the last few years. So, um, really, just towards the end, I was feeling I would just wish somebody would actually stand up and give their their life to the Lord. Really, I was praying very hard from the front, just hoping somebody would get up out of their chair, and it didn't happen. But um, what I later realized is that the Lord is always faithful. And, um, yeah, we pray for our children. And um, I've been praying for my children as well, and specifically Rudolph for quite some quite some time because he hasn't got to that point where he actually gave his heart to the Lord. So I think what happened on Sunday is there was definitely a shift. He also afterwards said he felt different, he felt light. And what I believe what happened on, on Tuesday morning is the, the Lord actually showed him uh, in a dream, what heaven looks like, because he was questioning, what does heaven look like, and um, what do I need to go to heaven? So we've been discussing it for quite some time. You need to make that decision, um, and I believe that the Lord touched his heart on on Tuesday morning, uh, and he gave his life to the Lord. So, awesome! Thank you. Grab your seats, please. All right, we're going to go into some worship now. The guys have got a set, and um, what we're going to do this morning, and I know this will be very different for many of us, because we're used to singing three or four songs in a set, and I, I really do feel God wants us to break away from that, and we want to be in a space that we can just start to worship the Lord and just love Him for who He is, um, because otherwise what happens is we can sing our favorite hill song and fashion of the Christ, all those kind of things. There's nothing wrong with these songs. They're, they're lovely. But we don't want to just go through the motion. I want us to start as a congregation to sing a song of love from our hearts. Is that okay? So I'm going to just ask if the children can be brought in, and then I'm going to just let Gwen share her testimony quickly. Hi, um, it's not a big thing, but for me it was a big thing. Last Wednesday morning, um, we got a message from our landlord that he's putting our rent up and I was so hard, so because I haven't been this happy in Cape Town since we've been here as what we are now, but the rent was going to be more than what we could afford, so we would have to move. And I was so hard, so and on Wednesday night, come prayed for me. And uh, when I got to bed, I thought, okay, Lord, you know, you gave us this place, but if we meant to move, we'll move. I don't want to move from the church. I don't want to move from my comp, but you know what you're doing. And then on Wednesday morning... I was in the bathroom, I came out, and the landlord came, and he said, Gwen, if we make it at this straight rate, would you be able to stay? So I just started crying, and I said, yes, definitely. So he's he's just raised it by 125 rand, so we can stay. (laughs) 